Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. And today you get to be one of my very best friends. Laura Hodgson is on the podcast. Laura, it's so great to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I couldn't wait to come over and, and visit with you and talk about Now Account. But before we go there, we have to talk about how long we've known each other. I was looking back. We but I'm met. only 20. It can't <laughs> be that right. long. <laughs> we've known each other, I think, since 1990, I believe. Whenever you started Georgia Tech. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> Laura was like my freshman orientation leader. We call it Facet at Georgia yep. Tech. Remember this? I remember. But you were, you know, for those of you listening, you know, you have people in your life that kind of intersect throughout your life. And Laura has been one of those people for me. And in fact, has really just, you know, made a huge impact on me. So Laura, you introduced me to Georgia Tech, but then my sophomore or my freshman year, second quarter, you introduced me to the fraternity. To the fraternity. Right. Yeah. And I met your soon to be husband, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you encouraged me to get involved in a couple of really great campus activities. Which I'm not sure if you're thankful for or want to kick very me. Thankful for. Right? <laughs> um, we had a great time doing things at Georgia Tech together, involved, of course, lots of mutual friends. After school, you went into consulting. Both of us, uh, yeah. you know, I started at EY. You were at Anderson. Um, you went off to Harvard Business School and then came back and got in the startup space, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but I mean, it's one of those things where over time we've really had a, a I great know. time staying in touch. And so I've really, you I too. have unmedicated ADD, so I've wandered around the world, and you just followed. Why were I we doing that? It. You like lots of balls in the air. I do, and so do I. Like yeah. I thrive on that. Yeah, I can't just have one thing. I going. know how boring. It's so funny. Okay, well now I figured <laughs> I out. I always tell people I have to be busy because if I'm Me not, too. I have way too much time to get totally. in trouble. I well, <laughs> for me, I just keep taking on more until That's I'm right. like totally. That's right. <laughs> with, yeah, it's really full. But um, all right. So um, so you're now running this amazing company called Now Account. I am almost nine years. I was doing my yeah. homework before, and I you know I met when you. I mean, we, we met when you had just started things. But talk about Now Account because our listeners are a lot of them are entrepreneurs. A lot yep. of them have started businesses. So many of them are actually in process of getting a product yeah. or service launched. And I think what you do could really be helpful. So talk about the business. Well, Now Account is really a game changer for fast growing businesses because it changes probably the most important part of doing business, which is getting paid. <laughs> and I know that's just <laughs> so nice important. to have. <laughs> right. you know. Um, but if you don't get paid, your business is a hobby. We have lots of those. We spend lots of money on them and they don't totally. make money. But you know, now account really grew out of a problem I had. And I truly think that most innovation comes from the demand side of a problem, okay. not the supply side. So tell me more about that. Which means you have a problem or you see a problem or you experience a problem and you come up with a way to solve it. If you don't experience the problem, you don't necessarily see the problem in the right way. Sure. And so, you know, I am a serial entrepreneur. I had designed and patented a product for children. Right that I was selling initially into small gift shops. I mean, I was living at the Mart and at that trade was nourish, shows. Right? It was called Nourish. Yep, that's yeah. right. It was a spill-proof bottled water for children. And, you know, like a lot of entrepreneurs, I was kind of an accidental entrepreneur. <laughs> right, I was a mom. You didn't start, but you didn't start in that space, right? Management no, consulting, no, not big at companies. All. 
Not at all. You know, honestly, um, it's because I became a mom that I became an entrepreneur because I had all these ideas. I had way too much time on my hands, right? right? I mean, but for the first time person. ever, I watched Oprah. <laughs> Never had that happen before. <laughs> right. Um, but I was home with the baby. And I, of course, when I don't have time, I'm thinking of all these ideas. And, totally. you know, as a mom, I just noticed we were on the go all the time and he was spilling things and people were handing him sugary drinks and juice boxes. And, and I was like, there's got to be a better way. So sure. we designed and patented nerve. We started selling into airport stores and yep. gift shops. I remember and that. It was and it was growing and it was fun. All the orders were about the same size. It was ten cases here and fifteen cases there, and it was great. Taking credit card or like Taking, most maybe of small my clients invoices, gave right? me a credit card every okay. once in a while. That when I delivered the package, I would give them an invoice and they'd write me a check. Sure. Um, small business, like this is how things part, start in the product yeah, business, right? For yeah. the for the most part, it worked the way you think commerce works. Right. I give you product, you give me money, right? <laughs> right. I mean, if, if if I walk out of a store without paying, I get arrested. That's right. Um, <laughs> But what I started to realize as we were growing, we started to get bigger and bigger orders. Sure. And you know, the penultimate was the day that Whole Foods called and placed this order for truckloads. Wow. And my business partner and I what started. What do we do? Oh my gosh! We started to high five each other. We had bagged the big deal. It was awesome. I mean, we had visions of being on the cover of Fortune. Of course. Um, but all of a sudden, we started to realize, wait a minute. So we have to go make a truckload of product, right? Which means I got to pay somebody to do that. right? And we have to ship a truckload of product. And they're not going to give us money. Right. <laughs> We're going to send them this invoice that says, pay me in 30 days. Right. And silly me, I thought that meant you actually got paid in 30, in 30 days. days. It's, no. it's just a suggestion, <laughs> right? right? Um, I could write net never on the invoice and it wouldn't change anything. So we shipped the product. We sent the invoice. Now, I went to my suppliers and said, look, I had to give them 30 days. So would you give me 60 right. so to that I can pay you pay once exactly. I get paid? And they should have said no, but they didn't. They said, sure, we're behind you. <laughs> And so the 30th day came, a check did not arrive, right. right? The 45th day came, a check did not arrive. I got another order though. So now what do I do? You and do all of a sudden thing, right? I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm going to have to turn down this order. Which now, was crazy because you're trying to grow the business, I am right? I'm certain that nobody starts a company thinking, I can't wait till I can turn down an order, right? Right. And so I remember sitting there, honest to God, I was sitting in my car by myself with my head on the steering wheel in tears, sort of kicking myself because for I've what did I do wrong order. and I can't take it. Oh my God. And, and I was thinking to myself, Laura, you're stupid. You missed something. How did you not know this? You didn't negotiate right. And you know, entrepreneurs are very lonely. There's nobody to talk to. Sure. So I beat myself up for a while. I picked myself up by my britches and wiped my <laughs> face off and thought, I'm going to get back in the game and we're going to make this happen. Figure this out. But what I realized when I went to my supplier is they said, well, Laura, everyone has this problem. And you know me, I'm an engineer. I'm not a finance person. So my reaction to that is, well, I don't want one. How and do I get rid of it? How do I fix it? And so they said, well, you should just go get a line of credit. Go borrow some money or go try factoring. <laughs> and I thought to myself, why am I the one borrowing money? Right. I'm the bank here. No question. Because when I ship product to Whole Foods and they take two months to pay me, I just made a free loan. An invoice right. is a free loan. And they're holding your inventory. They're holding my right. money. Exactly. <laughs> they're holding my product and my money. And they're not paying you and any extra for paying, it. And right. I should get at least a good gift basket at Christmas for that. <laughs> right. And, and I just sat there and thought, okay, so you want me to go borrow money. 
I'm still not getting paid on time. And now I'm going to have debt, which means now I can't sleep at night. Sure. Or I got to take out more debt for more inventory. More, And so right. in a way, if your customer's taking a long time to pay and you go borrow money on a line of credit, what you've really done is not solve the problem. You've just covered up the pain, sure. which is dangerous. It's a little bit like I hurt my knee, so I'm going to take Advil. My knee doesn't hurt anymore. It's still injured. If I run on it tomorrow, I'm going to hurt it more. And so I thought there's got to be a better way. And, and my business partner and I were sitting at lunch one day. It's right. great when your epiphany happens over a good sandwich. <laughs> but we're sitting at lunch one day, and I don't know why, but all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, this restaurant never waits to get paid. Ever. That's right. They don't. I either give them cash yep. if I'm my grandmother, or I hand them <laughs> credit a credit card, card right? Yep. But when you hand someone a credit card, they get paid that day. That's right. When they close the doors that night, they process that transaction. They get paid immediately. That's right. They didn't borrow money. They didn't factor. Yep. They have no debt. That's right. But for a fee, That's a merchant right. yep. fee, they get paid immediately. No now, question. when and if you pay your visa bills, not their problem. That's right. It's somebody else's That's problem. between That's you right. and Visa. So I thought, wow, if I went down to the local shopping mall at midnight tonight, there's not a dollar of accounts receivable. Nobody's None. waiting to get paid. So I thought I was brilliant. I went right back to Whole Foods and I said, oh, I've got this all solved. Why don't you just pay me with a credit card? And they said, no. <laughs> they don't do that. And, I, and you know why they won't do it? is if they pay me with a credit card, they now owe the bank. That's exactly right. If you don't pay your credit card bill and it's due date, you yep. get assessed interest Big and penalties. Trouble. But if they don't pay you on time, well, you know, Nothing we'll get to Nothing happens. You. Exactly. I'm free. It's so true. So not only am I a bank, I'm a free bank. Not a very good one. And so that's what caused me to start Now Account is I realized that we could create a payment system that if you were a business that sells a good or service it to could another be services business, as well, right? Oh, it can, you could be a marketing firm, you could be a media firm, you could yep. be a consulting company, law firm, staffing company, sure. IT services, manufacturing, doesn't matter. If you are selling a good or service to another business or government, yep. if they offer you a credit card, take it. If they don't offer you a credit card and they say, send me an invoice, yep. then you can say to yourself, I think I'd like to get paid now. Every pun intended. <laughs> right. You process it on your now account. You get paid immediately minus a flat yep. 3% service charge. So you feel like they gave you a visa. Right. But they didn't. Your customer still gets the invoice. They still pay when they feel like it. They still make the checkout to you. But oh, it comes wow. to my PO box. Your customer doesn't do anything different. So, okay. What about, and I mean, I know everyone's probably jumping, I'm jumping ahead here and everyone listening is probably jumping ahead. What if the person doesn't pay? Like who's in charge That's of making sure loss. they That's pay? That's my risk. That's okay. my risk. And so, so if they're delaying the payment or they they're just gonna forget, delay. They're going to delay. You know, they have, don't have yep. time or they've lost the person that writes right. the checks. So your fee is paid up front, right? You Got pay it. that flat fee. When and if the customer pays is now my risk. What's interesting, interesting. is... I'm not going to expect your customer to do anything different. So I know, and this will floor you, an average net 30 invoice pays in 65 days. I know that. On average. Wow. It does not <laughs> For bother those me. those that don't know. Yeah. Get wow. ready. Yeah, Get ready. Exactly. Be prepared. Um, but I know that. Right. And I'm not going to try to make them pay faster. I know that 99.9% .9 of the time, businesses will pay their bills. They will pay months late. Sure. But that's okay. But they'll pay. I can yep. afford to wait. 
because Got I have it. really cheap capital. Got it. Okay. My clients can't afford to wait. Right. They, they miss payroll. To they to go the out next. of business. Exactly. So when you send the invoice to the customer, you're going to get paid immediately. They're going to get their invoice. They're going to pay when they feel like it. I know it's going to be late. Sure. When they do pay it, they're going to write the check out to you, but it's going to show up at my PO box because I just have the lock box. I'm going to deposit that. Now, if they don't pay, let's say we get to, it's a net 30 invoice sure. and we get to 120 days. I mean, it is three months past due and I re, you know, I'm going to reach out to you and you're going to say, I don't know. I mean, they've gone dark right. on me. Collection right? agency. So what I'm actually going to do is I have a massive insurance policy behind me. I'm going to file Got a claim it. with my insurance company and the insurance company could choose to pursue collections. Got it. Okay. But you know that before it happens. Wow. So let's say I come to you and I say, you know, there are 120 days. We're going to have to file with the insurance company and you tell me, oh, that is my sister's best friend's right. husband, right? <laughs> right. You can buy it back from me if you want. Got it. Okay. If you want to wait two more years to get paid, that's your choice. <laughs> but the interesting the reality thing is, is most companies it though, doesn't happen that right. often. They're they do pay later, yep. and they'll pay two or three months late, but yep. they don't. They don't not pay. So the nice thing uh, from an entrepreneurial perspective, especially someone in the early stages, is it gives you that cash or capital back in your pocket so you can get to the next order, yes. you can get to the next product, yeah. you can keep designs moving without waiting for someone to pay for that right. big that first big order. It's it's really when you are scaling and getting those big orders right. that it becomes an issue. And what's interesting is I thought now account because it's a payment system would be viewed as sort of a financial tool, right. but it's not. My clients come to me every day and say, do you know what Now Account really is? It's my secret weapon for sales. Okay, help me unpack that idea. I'm with you. I can't That's wait to I hear said. this one. That's what I said. I've always thought you know, of you as kind of that finance intermediary. Right. So it would allow me to go and make the next order of product or right. take the next order. Like, that's well, what here's what's happening. It. Once a client has a Now Account, and they do call it their secret weapon, <laughs> They now go out to pitch that next big deal. Sure. If you know you have a now account, how do you think you're going to negotiate? Confidently. You know you're getting paid in two days. Right. Your customer doesn't know There's that. No reason to hold back. So you can ask for a bigger order. You can even offer them, you know what? You asked for net 30. I'll give you net 90, but I need a bigger order. Right. They hear That's that an interesting and they negotiation think, tactic. They hear that and they think, wow, we'll give you, you can wait 90 days? You know what's interesting? This last week, I got a um, we had a small order come in and one of the line items on there was percent discount for different payment terms. Right. And um, I didn't think about I I knew what it meant, right. but I didn't think about it in that, that well, way. Well, you got to be careful with discounts. When I had Nourish, I remember offering a 2% discount if they paid me in 10 days. So it was 210 net 30. Got it. The check arrived 60 days later. And they had taken the discount. <laughs> right. They went ahead and took they it anyway. Thank you. Yes. I, by the was, way, I did not complete that yeah, line, just so yeah. you know. <laughs> but what it does is it allows you used a great word, which is confidence. Sure. Right. As a small business, I can now go in there and say, what do you need? Do you need 30 days? Do you need 60 right. days? I'm good with that. Yeah. I'll give you more if you give me a bigger order. Or you can go in and close the deal faster because if your competitor is trying to outprice you, you can turn around and say, well, I'm not going to beat that price, but I'll give you 90 days. Got it. And nine nice. times out of 10, the customer would rather that. the terms sure. 
than a few cents off the price. Sure. So yeah, because they now get your to delay competitor their, can't offer that. They get to delay their cash outlay. Until they, they get paid. Right, exactly. I mean, right. if you're selling into a retailer, like right. you might be. And they're be, turning product every 30 to 60 days. And I give you 90 days exactly. to pay, you're so going to make money that, off of it. Exactly, now right. you're Dell Computers. Exactly. I mean, you're getting paid before you have to pay somebody. <laughs> Got the it. other Makes thing sense. we realized is that if you get paid immediately... You can commission your salesperson immediately. Right away. Oh, nothing makes a salesperson work harder than money. I love that. And <laughs> the only issue there is if that client doesn't pay. Doesn't either. matter. You're still getting paid anyway. That's true. That's my loss. I know, but what if they don't... Remember the whole scenario if they... After 120 days and... You're still paid. True. Nothing changes for you. I just have to take it. You cost to to me on my insurance. Right. Got it. But okay. we bake that in the model. So I, lo- I love it. I totally get it. So when you decided, you know what? I'm going to solve this problem. Yes. What was the first thing you did? Or was it I had to find a customer to kind of get it started with? Was it one of your customers? You that's yeah. how you built it? Like what was that initial well, piece I think for the you? First most important decision is not about the product at all. It's making sure that you're clear on the need and then deciding what people you're gonna ask to join you Ooh, on the bus. Perfect. That's the most important thing. Getting the thing. right people early, especially small business wise. Absolutely. I mean, you can't afford if you the get the people wrong, a great idea with the wrong people has no chance of oh, success. That's not the first that's exactly what Greg Foster said last year on this very podcast. He well, said the nothing exact makes same me thing. prouder than to agree with Greg <laughs> Foster so on true. something. That means it's, I know so I'm right. Say that again. Good so idea. A great idea with average people has no chance of success. A but great a, oh, team with an average idea can do amazing wow. things. I love that. I think that's the bottom line for this podcast today. And anyway. I, and I, and I think the the other piece is once you have the right people, making sure that your ego and your passion is never in your product. Well, okay, what do you mean by that? So, you know, growing up, I can remember sitting at Georgia Tech and people would stand up and say, you have to be passionate about what you do. And that used to scare the crap out of me because right. I didn't know what I was passionate about. Right. Not because and I didn't have anything, have I had thought, way too many things. And you would never have said, I'll be passionate about the, Ooh, the business finance? of now account. Well, exactly. I don't even like at finance. It's very boring. Um, <laughs> my finance professor would fall over if he knew I was doing right. this right now. But... <laughs> what I realized is if your passion is in what you do, sure. you don't listen well because you're so busy sort of defending your great thing. Like, look at my widget. And if you were to tell me you could improve right. that, I'd be like, oh, did you not see my great widget? But if your passion is in the so what that you're doing, not the what, Got the it. what doesn't matter. The so what is the impact. Sure. So if your passion's in the impact, then you're always open to new ideas. So there is nothing about now account you couldn't tell me to change tomorrow that I would and care you'd be about. Open to. I would be fine. Yeah, that's great. What you cannot change is every day clients call me and say, I tripled my business because of you. I hired 10 new people because wow. of you. I made payroll great because of you. Success stories. That you can't change. That's why I wake up happy every morning. That is it's awesome. because I'm having that kind of impact. So I think when you said, what's the first thing? The first is make sure the problem is sure. what your ego's in. Make sure that <laughs> your it. real passion is in solving the problem. Not in the actual Not product Not in the actual itself. product. The Got product it. itself doesn't matter. It's yeah. just a tool. Um, and then make sure you have the right people on the bus. That's interesting because when you when you think of it that way, it almost makes you want to go back and read your, let's say those listening have a company or a product and you've set some sort of vision or mission for that company or product, you'd almost want to go back and reread that and go, wait, am I totally hung up on this 
product right. or on what the product does. Exactly. And what's the purpose of it? Like, what's you, the story right. it's enabling? Right? And you know where I learned that? Early in my career, I had the company Dunk, the footwork no, company right. with Shaquille the Shaq. O'Neal. The that's Shaq right. shoe. I remember that. And during that, I had the benefit of working with a guy named Lee Clow from Shiat Day, who was kind of one of the grandfathers of brand marketing. And he took me through an exercise that to this day, I will never forget. We went through every timeless brand and we looked at what the tagline was. So for example, Nike, it's just do it. Got it. Doesn't have anything to do with sneakers. No. They could sell chairs tomorrow. <laughs> or shirts. And it or would work. Shorts, exactly. Because to your point, just do it is what mm-hmm. they stand for. They stand for going for it. They stand for taking action. They stand for reaching beyond your potential and totally. stretching. Um, Apple, think different. Has nothing to do with computers. No question. It's all about... And so with Now Account, our tagline is grow fearlessly. Hmm, I like Because that. again, it's the need. Right. Grow fearlessly has nothing but to has do nothing with the payment with, like, system. Payments or financials it or getting paid in 30 days. It has to do with the impact I hope it has, which is that our clients can grow, grow without fear of dying. I love that. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to now maybe take a look back at their own companies. It's funny. I've interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs on this podcast, and uh, I, I'm starting to kind of sort them now in my mind of those that maybe are heavily were weighted or are weighted on their product an idea and the others around the, the so what. Okay. Got it. So right people um, had the idea, right people, and having an understanding of where you wanted to take it. So when you were getting it launched, though, yeah. was there like that first customer or two that helped you to we kind did. of get off the ground? Yep, absolutely. We yeah. had, you know, once we put our team together and we had cobbled together just a few kind of personal friends and family dollars to kind of get the system built and test it. And we just went out to some business owners we knew and said, hey, would you be willing to try this? Right. We just want some feedback. We want to see how it works. Um, you know, actually... One of our early customers was, <laughs> was Greg, Greg Foster. That's right, Bright Whistle. Um, but it was great because, again, I had the benefit of having lived the problem before we built the solution. Right, because of Nourish. Exactly. You had because a product. So, you I, had so in a challenge. way, I kind of knew. But you got to be careful because the minute you think you know too much, <laughs> right. you don't know enough. That's and if right. I had just designed it around my own problem, no I would have missed everyone else's. No question. So having, we had maybe three initial clients that we said, look, we want you to try it. Tell us what's clunky. Tell us what works well. And then, you know, ever since then, it's we've really grown mostly by word of mouth. Word of mouth. I yeah. know you haven't done any sort of mass advertising nope. or marketing. It's really... And you guys do a good job, too, of kind of you know, self-socializing on different social platforms yeah. and whatnot, what you do. And, and growing through your current customers, it's the best way to grow. Well, I mean, our clients... I, there's no sales pitch I could possibly right. come up Let with them, just that's talk to better them. <laughs> than, yeah. I mean, we had a client one day, someone knocked on the door and there's not really a reason to come to our office. Right. Um, you know, and one of my employees answered the door and they said, you know, we're here to see your CEO. And of course, you know, typically you're like, oh my God, do we need to call security? I don't know who this is. Right. Um, and so I walked out and it was a person I did not know. And they literally walked up to me and gave me a bear hug. Wow. And I was like, okay. Um, and he said, I had, he came from Columbus, Georgia. He said, I just, I had to come up and give you a hug. You have no idea what you've done for my business. You've allowed me to take big orders from Publix, et cetera. My business is growing without you. I wouldn't be here today. And then I was in tears again for good reason. Um, but those are the things, you know, those are the things that make you realize that what you're doing you're is important. And, but it's through those interactions that I'll immediately say, well, I'm glad you love it, but what can we do better? 
You know, so that. always be looking that. for things that you can do better. Okay, that's two lessons learned already. So, all right, and then as you've gone, and I love to ask this question, there, I'm sure there's been one or two things that haven't gone well or not as expected or things that were things you Only didn't know. Only two? Yeah, I mean, maybe three. A day, I don't know. An yeah. hour? <laughs> like, and I mean, yeah. for those that are, are, are out there starting their businesses, like what have been some of those things for you? Yeah. You've got to have been on the watchouts, you know? You know, every business I've had, something's gone wrong. I mean, and, and to be honest, it's the greatest gift ever. <laughs> No, maybe not at the time though, right? Not I mean, at the time, but I think if you remember that failure, I learned this from Sarah Blakely. Um, you know, people often say failure's okay. I disagree. Failure's not okay. Failure's awesome. Because to say failure's okay means it's excusable and it's acceptable. Sure. And I think you should actually every day try to fail at something. As long as you fail fast and fail forward, sure. It's a whole lot cheaper to fail little and fail quick than it is to wait, 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 and then have yeah. a big failure. Can and I just, I have to yeah. ask you this because you've also spent time in big companies and this is, maybe it's a personal problem. I find a lot of big companies that that doesn't work. No. And the problem is in most big companies, the cost of failure is greater than the cost of doing nothing. And so nobody does anything. Got you it. sit in rooms and you brainstorm and you have all these great ideas. And then you roll up the flip chart and you stick it in your office and you wonder why don't we ever do anything about it? You have to make sure that the cost of failure is less than the cost of doing nothing. So around here, and everyone knows this, if they come to me and say, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough budget, my response is always awesome. <laughs> because you don't have to be creative if you have unlimited budget, unlimited right. time. Right. When you have scarce resources, your best ideas happen. No so question. go out there and wow. come up with an awesome idea and then we'll talk about it. But because the cost of failure is less than the cost of doing nothing. Everyone in my company knows if something doesn't work, I'm good with that. Don't do it again. But like, as long as you say, we tried this, it didn't work. Here's what we learned. Now we're going to go do X. I'm good with that. Got it. I'd rather you have tried it than not have ever done anything. Not tried it at all. But I have the luxury of being a small, nimble company. And when you work for a large company, (laughs) the reason that becomes so hard is you have more to lose. That's true. Right? And so fear and the brand and and risk management and things like that. So I get it. I mean, you know, Coke's not going to go out and risk brand (laughs) Coke every day. That would make no sense. Um, But there are ways to, within your team, create little small chances to fail where failure isn't monolithic, where failure is an inconvenience maybe, but it doesn't take down the house of cards. Yeah. And that's a great leadership principle, right? For anybody as a team. I mean, whether in a big company or small, right? I mean, in terms of being able to provide that for your team. But you asked what some of my examples yeah, were, so I'm happy to share. I can't wait. Um, you know, when we first started Now Account, um, we initially had set it up where we gave you 90% up front, and then there was this holdback, and we thought we were being so clever with all this pricing. Um, and then what we heard from our clients was, well, why can't you just make it simple? I'm like, oh, good point. Yeah, why did we, we were being all like crafty with it. Yeah, just really it good point. Um, and so we kind of restructured the whole pricing on the fly. And so we had to go back to all of our clients and tell them how we had changed it and why it was good. And of course, we gave them the choice to switch or not sure. switch. Um, but there was that whole transition. And then, you know, we've had failures. I think the most painful failures, failures we ever have are failures related to people mm. because those I lose sleep over. And when you mean hiring the wrong person? I mean, it could be person. hiring the wrong person. Yeah. It could be 
that it wasn't the wrong person, but it was the wrong time for that role. It could be that, you know, and, and we've had all of those. We've sure. had good people who didn't succeed here. And, and I take that as a personal failure. To me, that's my failure because I but either happens, brought the right? wrong person in or the timing wasn't right or the mix didn't match the culture. Sure. Um, but those are failures. And to, to dismiss them as not is naive. I mean, they are. They, they cost the company money. They cost us attention. They, they are emotionally painful. Totally. Um, you know, so we've been through those. We've been through failures where we've tried to serve a particular type of customer and it wasn't the right fit. And, Got you know, it. just stepping back and saying, you know what, this isn't the it's right solution for yep. you. Interesting. Um, I just had that conversation with my team earlier today. Yeah. Like, it's okay to say no. Right. I was going to say, it's okay to not serve everybody. Which is, again, hard to do, hard to fire hard a to customer, do. hard to. To say no to customers that maybe aren't right. right fit, right? Right. But you know, at the end of the day, if you have a healthy growing business, you should use different solutions at different time for different uses. And there is no silver bullet. So when you go to a right. conference and you listen to someone on a panel say, this works <laughs> right. for everybody, it doesn't work no. for everybody. It can't work for kind everybody. Kind of the downside of some conference. You have to really figure out whether those things make sense right. for you. Right. And you just have to know who you are. Wow. So, you know, we've had product failures. We've had customer failures. We've had... Um, team member failures. <laughs> but I think what I realized early on is if the minute something happens that didn't work the way you thought, sure. if you're so focused on whose fault it is or why it didn't work, which is all in the exactly. past and you can't change it anyway, then you're going to lose. But if the minute something goes wrong, your initial reaction is, okay, well, that didn't work. What would we do different? What did we learn? How do we move right. forward? Forward. I have discovered that 90% of the time, my failure does end up being a gift because what I come up with afterwards is better than what right. I was doing before. That's and great. had I not had the failure, I wouldn't have had the chance to do it better. I wouldn't have forced you to rethink it even. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, everything we've changed within Now Account based on something that didn't work out the way we liked, in hindsight, is better than where we were before. I love that. Well, um, when we could go on for a couple hours, and I want to make sure we give our audience, uh, you know, the, how they can get in touch sure. with you. How can they engage with you? Like, what's the process of yeah. onboarding with you? That kind of thing. It's very easy. So you can go to nowcorp.com or nowaccount.com. We have two sites; they go to the same place. Um, and on those websites, it says, you know, click here to see if you qualify or join now. And when you click that button, it takes about two minutes. You give us your business name, your business address, the state you're organized in, the year you formed the company, and the type of entity, like C Corp, S Corp. LLC, et cetera. That is the whole application. I just told it to you. <laughs> wow. Um, so it takes easy. less than two minutes to fill out. You submit that. Within 24 hours, you'll get an email back from us saying, confirming that the information's correct yep. and letting you know if you qualify. So not everyone can have a now account. Sure. We can approve about 65% of the businesses in the United States. Okay. If we can't qualify you, and we're doing this through what's called the Small Business Financial Exchange, which very few people know exist. If we can't find a score on you, we will let you know how to go about getting a score. So Got it's it. not, no, we can't ever serve you. It's, you need to do some things before we can serve you. Got it. Um, so we'll give you that information, which is helpful whether you work with Now Account sure. or not. And then um, if you do qualify, we give you the login information. We can usually get you up and running in a couple of days. And then wow. it's your choice when to use it. That's awesome. Well, and just why don't you take a couple of seconds and share what the small business exchange is. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. So it's interesting. Um, 
about 15 years ago, an organization called the Small Business Financial Exchange was created. It's sbfe.org is their website. Um, And they were formed because a lot of banks and people who offer credit, like Pitney Bowes and Dell Computers, had gotten together and realized it's really hard to underwrite small businesses for any type of credit, whether that's stamps for mailing stuff (laughs) or a loan. Carrying inventory, right. And the reason is there's no history. Right. And what you really care about when you're underwriting somebody is not how much money they have in their bank account, but do they have a history of behaving appropriately? Do they pay their obligations? And that's hard to tell. So... This group got together and created a co-op and they all agreed to contribute data. So the data could be, you know, information on your credit cards or did you pay your phone bill on time or did you, you know, pay your stamp machine on time? Um, And so they all contribute data and that comes back and forms a score on your business that just basically says this business for however long they've been in business has not shown bad behavior. They don't have tax liens. They haven't skipped town and not paid people. (laughs) And so it just matters that when you start your business, make sure you don't use your personal credit cards. That's a bad thing. That's mixing personal and business. Sure. Establish that the business has its own behavior. And usually within a couple of months, you can establish a score. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I would think that the last one is that's one that most people do do is use their own personal card, personal accounts. A lot of people do it. We have a a business account set up, but it's just easier. I have cards. Especially if you're doing something like consulting. Right. Because the business (laughs) is you. Right. And you're out there and you're getting ready to go visit a client. You need to run some copies. So you pop your Amex in the machine or you pop, you know, you buy a Delta flight and off you go. Exactly. And then in your mind, you know how to account for the different expenses. And you're tracking it and whatnot. But But the business never establishes its own behavioral history. Got it. And so now it's mixed with yours. And that's actually dangerous for you just personally because you went through all the trouble of setting up this separate entity. And then you kind of pierce that by (laughs) using your personal credit card. Now somebody can go after your house. Wow. Not a good thing. Not good. No, not no, good. that might be a great lesson learned. A Whole lot of people are like, wait a second. Yeah, wait a <laughs> we minute. We might have to come back and talk about yeah. that one again. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. This has been so much fun it today. Fun. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank Laura. you. It's been awesome. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.